If you have ever had a chance to look into a microscope and see all the activity in a tiny drop of seawater, then maybe you have been in awe. Where you stood before the vast Atlantic Ocean to see a magnificent sunrise over the horizon. Then, maybe again, you have been in awe. Today, we'd like to welcome Steve Cleary, who is the head of Revelation Media, to our show. He comes from a background where he got started with the voice of martyrs, and by a book that he read by the founder, Richard Wormbrand, uh, it moved him into missions and discovering more about what was happening there and what was going on in Richard's life and his, his wife's life and ended up becoming a full-time staff member of Voice of Martyrs. And then that moved later into seeing different ways that he could help the mission movement field as far as reaching people with the word of the Lord to help them understand more and more what it's all about, especially in so many places where you know, understanding or reading literature is not a very common thing. And so one of the great ways to do it is visually, because we're all visual. And so he could bring the message home that way. And so I wanted to talk to Steve today about how his on reverence and wonderment of God works in his life. How are you doing today, Steve? I'm doing good. And thank you for having me again, Bruce. I really appreciate it. No problem. I, I'm glad you're here. And you know, I guess I just wanted to start off with maybe that beginning thing. What was the watershed moment? Uh, part of it may have come from that book, Tortured for Christ by Richard. Um, is that is that true? And is that where you'd like to start? I mean, it really was. The, it really was a book that changed my life. When I read Tortured for Christ, I had no idea that Christians were persecuted uh, for their faith. I was a youth leader in Maine and kind of living, you know, what I thought was um, Christian life, but I had zero world perspective. I was mm. kind of caught up in my own little church and community. And when I read that book, it just kind of rattled the inside. I'm mean, it's like, um, if this is true, that Christians are persecuted for the, for their faith and that they're giving glory to God at the same time, what am I living? You know, mm. what's, what's my belief system? What's my message? I was brought up as a young Christian, a young adult and a teenager to believe that if bad things were happening to you, it's because you didn't have enough faith oh, or okay. maybe there was some sin in your life. But mm. here I am reading about this man, Richard Wombrand, you know, uh, certainly not going to look for the sin in his life. <laughs> and I certainly find him as a man of incredible faith. And I spent a year of my life every night just praying that God would allow me to hear him speak someday because because it really did shake my world and change everything about my life and mm. a couple of years later you know I'm on the phone with him and I'm working in their office and and then I end up traveling with him to meetings and overseas and I remember seeing him on the streets of Bucharest after communism fell the, the location of one of the prisons he was at and I never would have dreamed that would have happened in my life. And hmm. Richard Wombrandt, who really became my spiritual mentor, he told me that he said, books and videos will always travel further and outlive you. And of course, Richard Wombrandt is, uh, is gone to be with the Lord. He's no longer with us. And here we are talking about his book, Tortured for Christ. 
And I had the privilege of making a docudrama on Torture for Christ that released last year in a limited theatrical event. And I did. I stood in the prison. I stood in the solitary cell that he served three years in. Mm. I saw the shackles that were, you know, they're there as kind of a as kind of a museum, a monument now. And here we were filming the story. And I always remembered him telling me that books, movies, messages, media will travel further and will live longer than you. And when we looked at making a film, a legacy project, uh, me and one of my best friends, and we settled on the Pilgrim's Progress, which is what we're talking about now. Mm -hmm. Here I thought this man, John Bunyan, in prison uh, because he wouldn't stop preaching the gospel. He wasn't an educated you know, scholar. He mm. was called a tinker. And he could have got out of prison. He just had to agree to stop preaching. They allowed him to write in the darkness and the dampness of the cell. He pens this book called The Pilgrim's Progress. And I really realized that, you know, I haven't been to Bedford Prison. It's it's still there where he was imprisoned. But, mm -hmm. you know, here God worked through Richard Warmbrand, who was in prison for 14 years, you know, brutally tortured. Here God was working through John Bunyan, who could simply get out of prison if he just agreed to start preaching. I mean, it's not really asking a lot, right? I mean, I don't right. even know if he had a big church. I don't think he did. He just said no. He said, as long as I live, I'm going to preach. So he spent years, and he penned this book called The Pilgrim's Progress. And this is the message that we want to get out. I want The Pilgrim's Progress to travel further and live longer than I could ever accomplish. Wow. That's such a powerful statement and so true. And I can say, you know, Lori sent me the link to see the movie, and I got to tell you, I thought it was very powerful. It finished, and I was going, no, I want more. And and it, it really had a big impact because I read that to my children. The ch they have a children's version that came out a while mm -hmm. ago. And I would read that to my kids at least once a week, if not every night. Wow. And, and so it, it very powerful. And they, you know, I was talking to them this weekend. They still remember that. So I, you're, you're 100% correct. So I applaud you and we pray for you on, on this. You know, as you saw that happen, here you've got really you know, somebody you were close to that, you know, was tortured. And then you stood where they stood as they were being tortured. It's how can you not be struck by the power of their faith as they go through that? Anything particular that, that Richard told you kept him going or, or gave him just that, that fire for God in the midst of, of such trying times? You know, you know, he, that's an interesting question. No one's ever asked me that. Um, he never really talked about it. Mm -hmm. He told me once that he said that God had made it so he could endure more than the average man. Wow. And so he just felt like uh, if someone's going to suffer in prison, then it should be him. Uh, you know, kind of somebody has to endure something. They have that extra special ability to do it. Yeah. Now, I've been with Richard a lot, and I've seen him in pain, and he couldn't even walk without pain. I mean, this is a man who felt pain. Um, this is a man who, who I would try to be careful with, mm -hmm. and because of his wounds and because of his suffering, but he just seemed to talk about what happened, what happened in the prison cell, and how mm -hmm. 
he he talked about the difficulties, you know, the times he just lost it and cried out, the times he thought they were torturing his son and wife in the cell next to him. Of course, they told uh, him they were. Of course. The mm. times the pastor gave in, um, but also the times where they took their chains and used them as musical instruments and sang. And oh, wow. so he would talk about the experiences, not so much about what kept him going. And for me, I remember people have asked me when I stood with a camera inside a solitary cell, re- filming a recreation of him in that prison, mm-hmm. how, how it impacted me. And amazingly, you know, it didn't. It's like I knew... I knew he went through something. Yeah. I knew it became part of what God did with his life. That it was, it was really probably beyond me to comprehend it. Mm. But I remember filming the Congress of the Cults, which is a meeting of all the uh, religious leaders of Romania. At that meeting, he spoke, and it was a result of him speaking, uninvited, of course, that that really ended him up in prison. Mm-hmm. And filming that scene. I found myself saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. (laughs) And just being alive in the moment, in my own human weakness, it's really what I would have told them. If I could Mm -hmm. back up in a time machine, I'd say, Pastor, I mean, I I love this man. He's a spiritual father to me. I would say, don't do it. And I've been blessed by his book. My life has been enriched. I've been enriched by his friendship. And so I selfishly benefited from his suffering. I think there's a scripture where Paul says, you benefited from my suffering. And we are now benefiting from John Bunyan's suffering. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure they didn't look at it that way. I'm sure they would never look at it that way. Right. But, but, you know, I think, I think God works that way. People benefit from our difficulties more than people benefit from our successes. Yeah. But I would have said, don't do it. I honestly would. I actually found myself saying that. I'm like, no, don't do it, don't do it. Because I knew when he stood up to speak, we're filming it as a recreation, it's not real. But I knew that was the event that led him to give his life of torture and and suffering for Christ. Wow. And I didn't want him to do it. Probably I would have told John Bunyan to sign the document Same that he yeah. won't preach. Yeah. Right? Don't don't preach, go back. Major yeah, point. Go back. You know, maybe <laughs> have little home meetings. Just don't tell anybody. Yeah, right. Just being honest here, how many times have I said my own brain, God, I don't think I can do that. Not me. Send somebody else for that. Whatever. Um, Hear those kind of stories and and things I've taken on and you go, you know what, that is is how God helps other people. It's like Paul says in 2 Corinthians, all that he went through gave him the compassion to be able to deal with others. And the same is true with us. What What we see and what we pick up and what we've had in our lives gives us the ability to to really touch people's lives that are in those situations that normally we couldn't. We have to walk in their shoes. You know, I normally do ask Steve, I ask, how do you see that awe of God and reverence for him can be passed on? And you really just gave the example. It got passed on to you because of somebody's life. Our lives, and like you said, the things that go on, not necessarily those things that we might consider the great high points or whatever, but the other things might be the things that really touch somebody else's life. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of an upside-down world, right? I think mm-hmm. that's what the gospel does. Yeah. It turns the world upside down because we don't we don't look at it that way. It's, Jesus says, bless those who curse you, love right. those who hate you, yeah. forgive those who come against you. 
Mm-hmm. We have to remind ourselves, even as uh, even as a team, that the perseverance, the hardships, although extremely minor in comparison, when I'm going through a hard time, I'm saying, well, I'm working on Pilgrim's Progress. John Bunyan did it in prison. So mm-hmm. until I'm in prison, I got nothing to complain about. We just press forward. But yeah. there is interesting that we tend to we tend to like to be more comfortable and there's nothing, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Nobody should wish yeah. harm to come upon them. Right. But we read the gospel and it's like, wait a minute. I remember after reading torture for Christ, I reread my new Testament and I said, who switched my Bible? Yeah. <laughs> totally Somebody different switched it. Right. Yeah. Different perspective. <laughs> and I think the pilgrim's progress gives a different perspective of the Christian life. Um, it's not, our, our goal was not to, uh, to recreate, you know, our own vision. Our goal was to stay true to John Bunyan's work and add color to it and color in the form of characters, you know, arms and legs and faces, feet and, and characters in, in the worlds that Christian has to face in this amazing allegory. And even my son, who's, you know, now millennial age mm-hmm. and, uh, he grew up in church and, he's watched this a couple times with me and he goes, he goes, dad, is this, is this the Christian life? Is this is what it represents? Hmm. It's not easy. Is it? He says, his journey was not easy. And I'm like, no, he says, you're absolutely right. It represents our Christian life from, from beginning to end, from the time we're convicted of sin to the time we enter heaven. Hmm. And the interesting thing is you have to persevere till the end. Mm-hmm. At the very end, Christian has to pass his last test, uh, yeah. or he doesn't go. He doesn't. He doesn't get to go to the celestial city if he doesn't persevere till the end. And people have told me they go, "This is kind of a hard message. Are you sure it's the best message for America?" And I'm like, mm, probably not. You know, not if I want to be a successful filmmaker. But it's definitely the story we wanted to tell. John Bunyan's book is not an easy book to read. Mm-mm. Tough one. Um, it's it's a tough message, but it's encouraging because the king is always there. You know, we always look to the king. We always look to to God outside of our own strength. Mm-hmm. Help is always there. And I know that I've used the script of the Pilgrim's Progress to help me produce the Pilgrim's Progress. Uh-huh. You know, and invest five years of my life into this. Quick question then, based upon that. When you find yourself maybe not having that awe and that reverence that you normally have in that fire. What do you do to get back to that? I, I reconsider the story. Uh-huh. I honestly just, uh, I've told people, I say I carry a big burden mm-hmm. and I will carry that burden until the film is done and released. And of course we get closer and closer all the time. It's going to be released Easter weekend, but more importantly, I just, the last week finished my translation document. We're now beginning to translate it into many languages. We have an airing in uh, Iran, which is going to be viewed by a conservative 6 million people, 2 million secret Christians, 4 million Muslims seeking another way. Wow. And 6 million, you know, our goal for the U.S. audience Easter weekend is 200,000. Here we're talking 6 million. Wow. And so that's when that burden will be released. The movie poster has Christian's burden on the back. And of course his burden was sin and he needed to be forgiven of sin. Mm -hmm. For me, it's like the burden is the completion 
of the movie, we're continually raising funds. Seems like every day, you know, we're raising funds. We're trying to finish the movie. We're trying to do all the advertising you need to do to let people know it's coming out. But the burden will be released when when the movie's available for anybody to put in any language and to use for mission purposes. That's that's the high point for me. And that God used me, not a known filmmaker, not mm-hmm. a studio, not a hedge fund, you know, not a film financer, and used me to produce this film simply because mm-hmm. I obeyed. <clears throat> we just said, okay, we'll do it. Um, honestly, if I went back five years, I'd probably, I might, I might change my mind. Um, <laughs> this is where you tell yourself not to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. T- talk to myself. Don't do it. Don't you do know, it. I, I replay that scene in uh, breakfast uh-huh. with the with the writer director, and we said, "Hey, let's make a movie." You know, he goes, "Are you nuts?" And I'm like, "Maybe." I mean, literally, we started with sixty thousand dollars and three people in a kitchen. Wow. And that's that's how the team started, and it progressed and it progressed and it progressed. And I saw early passes of the animation. Of, we need more texture. We need more this. Mm. And we're working on a three percent budget. So the average CGI film is $80 million, and we're working with 2.5. The average CGI in a minute film is 80 minutes. Ours is 100. And we just – I told somebody if you gave me another million dollars, you wouldn't see it in the film. I would take $10 million to make it look noticeably better. But we did our best. We trained people. We encouraged them. We gave them computers and software. We set up studios. They're They're all our own people. We didn't, we didn't hire out at all. Wow. So they're all our team, our people. We pay for the coffee. We pay for the pizza. We pay for the computers and the overtime. And, and we came together with this vision. I was talking to some of the executives at PureFlix, mm-hmm. who I know and, and appreciate in all that they do. And they said, you're attempting the impossible. A budget CGI animated film you want to show on the big screen. But I guess I'm in good company. Have they seen what you've come up with? PureFlix hasn't seen the latest. Uh, mm-hmm. They saw some earlier stuff that wasn't that great. Okay. Um, I have a hard time watching some of the animation. And I'm like, I wish I could do that different. I wish I could do that. But if you if you love the story, people love the film. Right. If you don't know the story, but you like it, when you hear it, you're like, yeah, that's fun. That's cool. If you're a movie critic, forget it. Just crucify me now. <laughs> you know, <it's, laughs> well. uh, because there's plenty of things to find wrong with it if you want to. And my son says, Dad, you ready for the critics? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it won't be that bad. It won't be that bad compared to what we've, you know, persevered through. Right. And in all fairness, I've criticized my fair amount of Christian movies. Well, I thought you did a good job. And I think you're right. You like the story. You, you just look at it. just drew me in. I'm friends with uh, the director of Around Alive, and they have the number one Christian station uh, in the country okay. with six, six million viewers any given time, 20 million total you know, over the course of a week or two. And they're the number six biggest station in the country. So we can we are planning a complete it's not just, hey, let's air this. No, we're. Yeah. This thing's going to air Easter weekend, uh, over and over. We're going to run, we're going to run uh, previews for it. It's going to be done in a professionally. Actually, it's already being worked on in Turkey to put it into the Farsi language. We, we use exiled Christians to do the work, mm-hmm. so they get to earn, they get to earn a wage, 
and contribute to something good at the same time. Wow. But our goal really is to become the second most watched film on the mission field. And the Jesus film mm -hmm. did just a phenomenal job. We, we would never even attempt to say we could come close to that. We just love what they've done, right. the, way, the way God has blessed that. But that was 40 years ago. And right. I don't believe it was meant to be a one and done. I meant to, uh, I think it should have been a model to say, mm -hmm. hey, look what we did with this movie. What can we do? Not just any movie. You know, I don't want to take an American Western movie and import it into the mission field or export it. I want to take a movie that translates internationally. Right. So we don't use subtitles. We only use dub. And you can take these characters and you put them, you put them in the language of that country and they can feel like the movie was made for them because the characters are animated. They're not. Yeah. They're not of any particular culture. Right. And, you know, outside some of the British look of the old style pilgrim clothing. So we believe it can be an extremely powerful tool in the mission field. And regardless of how many people come out to see it in theaters in the U.S., we know we'll, we'll have 100 million views within 24 months. Uh, it just will happen. It'll happen because the mission field is starving for this content. You just don't have it available. I mean, think about it. What was the last uh, movie made specifically for missions? And the answer is Jesus film of 40 yeah. years ago. Yeah. This been some small productions, and there's been some very good productions that have impacted regions of the world. But I'm talking a movie that is free to every single missionary, every single Salvation Army center, every single chaplain, every single satellite TV program. And delivered to them in their language. Hmm. So we're already in uh, translation on Mandarin, Farsi, and Spanish. We want to get to 100 uh, in 24 months. We want Pilgrims translated into 100 languages dubbed over. That'll be uh, 90 to 95% of the world will be able to. In India, they watch things on their phones. They can put it on a microchip, plug it into their phone. Mm -hmm. They can Bluetooth it to their neighbor. I mean, it can go like wildfire. So we're, we're able to have wide distribution because, quite frankly, nobody's doing it. Uh, we hope to be a model to say, let's, yeah, let's make movies for the U.S. We all love to go. We all love to see them. I loved watching. I can only imagine it was a fantastic movie. Right, I'm sure right. I'm going to love watching Breakthrough. Uh, Devon Franklin makes amazing films. Mm -hmm. But I just want to ring a bell and say, hey, what about the mission field? Yeah. You know, do we need another 30 movies a year for the U.S. before we do one for the mission field? There's so much talent. There's so much creativity. Um, they can do a better job than I can, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. You can't look at it as how much how much money am I going to make? You have to look at it as how many people am I going to impact? And if you can sell movie tickets and DVDs along the way, great. But I know I could. I can take any good movie and impact 100 million people because 100 million people are waiting to see that mm. movie right now. The audience is already there. I love the vision. Uh, you know, I noticed you'd said somewhere I'd read that you have to put either the right, the money or the mission. The money or the mission. You right. Have to decide. Yeah. You have to decide which one you're, you're going to serve. And, and it's great to have someone like you serving the mission. Because, uh, you know, that is uh, scary to think in a way that the Jesus movie was the last one that came out that long ago that really could affect mission fields. Wow. In that movie, 40 years later, is yeah. still 
the number one. Wow. Tomorrow it'll be showed on the mission field more, probably more than all other movies combined. I mean, this, if I say we want to be the second most watched film on the mission field, you know, it's actually not a hard goal. Yeah, because nobody is a close second and I really want people to do it. And I never, never want to uh, criticize somebody who's doing a project, you know, to earn money because I do projects all day long to earn money. Mm -hmm. If I didn't, I couldn't dabble in a film project. Right. I just think we have to decide beforehand which one it falls under, not right or wrong, because I probably could have, you know, sold the film or or, or ask for studio money or, mm-hmm. you know, and even the investors we have, we have said, if we will put this freely in the mission field, and if, if a commercial opportunity interrupts our ability to do that for any length of time, we will mm-hmm. refuse the commercial opportunity and you will not get the return. It is, it's missions first. And every investor we have, which we have a handful, they've, they've had to sign that document. And they've had to agree, and thank God they did. Uh, and they get it. They get that. So if somebody said, well, China, we'll give you X amount of dollars for the film, mm-hmm. we're not even going to guarantee that it releases, which, by the way, is a real scenario that started to unfold before persecution increased. Uh-huh. But, but you can never distribute it to the churches directly. I'd say no. I'd say, I, the money doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, we can't sign that deal. We are... Um, we are free to the missionary and mm-hmm. not that I want people not to value the film, but I got an email two weeks ago yeah. from a guy in the Philippines. And he said, he said, Hey, can I license your film to show in a public square? We'll show the film and then we'll evangelize after I said, you can't license it because we don't have a license for that. Mm-hmm. But if you're not collecting any money, I'll give it to you. He wrote back and he said, he goes, wow, that's amazing. He goes, now let me tell you, I'm also, a principal and a superintendent of our school district. Mm -hmm. He goes, can I take your film and go out through the entire school district and show it in classes? Yeah, Uh exactly. And I'm like, Uh I'm like, this is, this is payday. This is what I've been waiting for. Mm -hmm. Uh, The public showing the square is great. Send me a picture, you know, but to go through a school system, Mm. no one's going to take pictures, but to know that we could impact junior high and, uh, and he said, I'll take the film in English and if people understand it. And I'm like, no, 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 we're going to put it in English and into your local language. Oh, and right. we're going to have it for you so you can show it. And I mm. realized, wow, he probably never would have asked me for a license to go through the school system because nobody would know really how to write that license. Right. But when I said, take it, take it, you just have to commit not to change it and not to profit from it. And it's yours. That's that's one town. And if you're watching the news in the Philippines, the Muslims are burning churches in Minendao. Persecution is rampant. And I don't know, you know, what effect the film will have, but I know it's better than nothing. Right. I know it's it's saying at least take what I have and use it. Wow. Um, So we think we're going to have, you know, so many of those opportunities. We have people from prisons write us. Can we show in prison? We're like, yes, have the chaplain write to us and they get a copy for free. That's and they great. can show in the prisons. And we have people write to us that somebody wrote to us last week and said, we're reaching out to the homeless community in our city. We do it every Easter. Yeah. And, you know, we can't afford to take them to the theater. Could we show the film? And they said, well, we need it in Spanish. 
Well, it just so happens, you know, I can show it in Spanish and not compete with the theatrical dis distribution. Mm -hmm. I said, absolutely. Let me see how fast I can get it to you. So here's a hundred kids that are coming from a poor community yeah. that do not have homes, but Easter Sunday, they're going to be able to watch a film, have a hot meal and be loved on by one local church. Wow. Um, and so uh, that's what fuels that's actually the answer to your earlier question. Mm -hmm. you know, what keeps us going when we feel like we're close to giving up or not being able to press forward? The ability for God to use us. It's not because it's my story. It's John Bunyan's story. He's already mm -hmm. blessed it. Well, you're being like him. Hey, we'll give you money. Stop preaching. No. <laughs> <laughs> this message is more powerful and will last longer and live longer than I will. Yeah, uh, it's kind of funny. People will say, we'll give you money. Stop giving away for free. And I'm like, yeah. no. <laughs> no. We'd like no, to give it away for free. We'd rather, yeah, we don't want, you know, we obviously plan on paying back to people that have partnered with us. And, and we're not giving it away to Amazon. You know, they don't expect mm -hmm. us to. But we will be free. If you have a mission's purpose, I'm telling your listeners today, Mm -hmm. If you have a mission's purpose, you know, you write to us and we'll, we will get into your hands. If you need it in a language for a mission, a ministry opportunity, we'll work with you to make that happen. Wow. Um, and we want the film to be shown. That's why we made it. We're not a movie with a mission. We're a mission with a movie. Wow. That's great. Well, that's a perfect time to close up, but, uh, you know, let everybody know that we will have links to uh, Steve's website and the Pilgrim's Progress so that you can go there and contact him. In the meantime, anything else, Steve, you'd like to say before we go? Well, hopefully your audience will come out Easter weekend. We're airing Thursday evening on the 18th. We're airing Saturday afternoon uh, matinee. They can learn more at pilgrims.movie. Uh, the website's not a.com. It's just simply pilgrims.movie, or they can Google us. And uh, I would love to hear back. I'd love to okay. hear back what you thought. And I'd love to hear your idea for getting this out to more people into the mission field. Well, thank you very much. And you have a blessed day. And, and you know, we'll be praying for your ministry. Thanks, Bruce. I appreciate okay. it. Okay.